Human design is an amalgamation of several facets of spirituality. The I Ching, astrology, chakras, Kabbalah, all combine beautifully into one system. Mary Rose and Mary Letitia have been exploring their own designs for the last year. This podcast is an extension of that exploration. Come learn, laugh, and grow with us as we become Guided by Design. Well, good morning, Mary. How are you today? Good. Good morning, Mary. How are you? I'm doing well. I woke up early and as uh, I was just kind of mentioning, I did my research. I mean, this is one of my channels, so I feel like I have to do a little less research because I've already read about this so many times, but I did mine um, in the wee small hours of the morning today. And so feel very prepared for what we're going to talk about. How about you? Well, good. I'm, I also got up super early this morning. I'm coming you, to you all straight from a bathtub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I came in and went to bed early last night and I woke up early and I felt good and I um, texted you first thing because I didn't remember what time we had decided on. But then I had time to work on work and work on notes and um, go downstairs and get in, get a coffee without having to stand in a 45 minute line. Oh, so yeah. it was really fabulous. I got real coffee at cheese, cheese Danish, went outside and had a little, little smoky smoke to help some people navigate to where the Ubers can pick them up because they were on the wrong side. And uh, also got to meet a cute little cowboy. He couldn't have been 70 fucking five pounds. He um, looked like he was probably 12, 13, but he had all his gear. I'm like, did you compete this weekend? He goes, I did. I said, how'd you do? He goes, I got 13th. I'm like, that's awesome. Great job. Like you were in the fucking national finals. Like just getting here is a huge deal. So I've had a really good morning. (laughs) Good. That's excellent. Um, what have you been, what have you had blowing in your ear holes while you've been on your vacation? I really only downloaded cause I had already devoured everything from the week because I'd worked so much. So, um, the vacation stuff, I, I downloaded small town dicks had a two part series. I don't know if you ever listened to them, but they've got Yardley. Ha- Is that how you say her name? Yardley. She's the um, Simpsons character, Bart's little sister. Why can't I Lisa? think? Of what? Lisa? Yes, Lisa. She's Lisa. She's Lisa. <laughs> On the Simpsons, but she's also more than that. But anyway, she has a podcast with her husband and his brother. It's called Small Town Dicks, and it's fabulous. So that's what I listened to on the plane ride and when everybody was annoying me. Um, but that's about all that I've had time to listen to. So, well, I, uh, continue my Australian <laughs> mat and I feel like I might sneeze so because I put on some tiger balm and now my, my nose is tingling, but so on total reboot, I heard a couple, uh, I don't think there are a couple, a couple, but it's, um, 
their names are Tom and Demi and their, their podcast is called bigsofttitty.png and they are just two people that sit and riff off of each other and their riffing is magical. Like they, they did one I listened to that was like where they were talking about the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and I mean, they're, they just riff and it makes me laugh a lot and I really enjoy them. And so I've been listening to a few older episodes of Big Soft Titty.png. Um, I just can't say enough good things about these Australians I keep listening to. I keep discovering. I have to look that one up. That should be our podcast name. <laughs> I know, really. And if you do, like if you, while you're someplace that you can download some, just download a couple, listen, and you know, it's just riffing. I mean, it's just two people having weird con- kind of like listening to what's the other one that has the the gal that was on I saw what you did and they they kind of riff they do but they do like headlines and then they rip off of those I'm just like not remembering right off the top of my head what their podcast is called remember oh, good. um I'm finding I, it yes I have it too <laughs> I don't know I know their song because they something I know it's like it's something um the war report the war report <laughs> with Gastor and Shalewa that's I what it is I love them so much I, I, I do listen to them every week <laughs> um but yeah that's it's weird because they're they're graphic doesn't have anything to do with the no. war word. it's their initials so that's gns and they have a great song that i don't know if one of them is involved with it but they have a really great song it plays at the beginning but at the end of it like you can the lyrics play and it's um it's it's a really good song anyway that's what i re- but anytime i think about them i think about that song and then i can't think of the name of their podcast can't ever think of that <laughs> well and i was listening to um, I think I sent you the little clip of, so Poog had shared a little video and yes. <laughs> it was just a little video clip of um, Kate as she was like, I mean, wouldn't it be, what's the most annoying thing if I were to try to cheer you up? And then she sounded like when on the radio in the morning, when you hear like, listen to this, <laughs> golden retriever was, <laughs> and Jacqueline's laugh I mean I really that's the whole thing for me is like what Kate is saying is great and hilarious and wonderful and brilliant but Jacqueline's laugh especially in the midst of her depression was really like everything I, I go back and I listen to it just to hear the way that Jacqueline laughed there, one of those so. things that makes you laugh and then makes everybody feel good like it's so contagious <laughs>, laughs are contagious hers is particularly <laughs> It truly is because it's a, it's a, it sounds so like a unexpected and she's trying to like smother it. She's pulling her head away because she knows it's so powerful. She can't <laughs> give the full force of it to the me. microphone. <laughs> That's All right. What are we talking about today, Mary? Well, today we are starting our, um, well, not starting. We've been doing this um, really kind of. I can't even remember what we're calling it, but the series where we're our our series that we're going through these channels. So each of us have, we have a couple channels in common, which we talked about first. And now we're going, we're diving in and researching um, each of our channels that are different. And so I have three and you have two that are completely individual to each of us. So we're starting 
starting with me and ending with me. I am the alpha and the omega. I cannot help it. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Um, but today we're starting with my channel uh, of surrender, the 2644, which is connecting the 44 in the spleen to the 26 in the heart center. Yeah, so this was a really uh, interesting channel to research because it's not one of my channels. So I didn't resonate with a lot of it, but I could see it in you. So that was really great. I think that's what we're going to find throughout is that like, mm -hmm. the things that we don't really, that don't speak to us are going to be like, oh, but yeah, I, mm -hmm. so I'm excited to do yours next week to do one for you and be like, here's how this doesn't apply to me, but here's how it's all about you. <laughs> all about you. Um, so the, this channel is really focused on, on the tribal portion, I guess, of. Yeah. Yep. I, I think that that's what I kind of have is, so there are two gates here. So we have the gate 44, which is the gate of alertness and the gate 26, which is the gate of the egoist. Um, and this is really, so what I had was my notes and I used the definitive book of human design because I didn't want to get on the internet this morning while I was doing my research, because as soon as I'm on the internet, I'm distracted as hell. <laughs> so I use my book. So it says, um, manipulating the tribe for its own good. So it's really focused on finding what works for the tribe and doing, and, and really kind of being, for lack of a better term, altruistic with the ability. It's like a really a, an entrepreneurial sales type of channel, mm -hmm. but it can't be, it can't be used for selfish purposes. And that's really kind of what I was finding is that, you know, especially like from my perspective, if I try to sell something because I want to make money off of it versus trying to find something that will benefit others, then I won't be very, I won't be successful. I'll probably see. And, you know, that's just kind of the nature of, good sales anyways is it shouldn't be to yes it will benefit you but it really needs to benefit others before it can become a benefit to yourself and especially for for this channel yeah i really thought about you in previous roles that you've had with regards to this because it's immediately your first instinct when you get into a position or when you have in the past or, and like you just mentioned, I, I feel like you were talking about Beachbody a little bit because that is when you switched your perspectives on how you were approaching that, it, it changed for you. But I watched you at EBMS go into eligibility and become that person who wanted to make that stressful environment better for everyone who was in it. You wanted it to make it easier and more efficient. And so I've watched you do that. You did the same thing in client services. You did the same thing at home science tools when you got in there. Like your immediate instinct is to help the environment be something better for the whole tribe, for the whole community that you're, you're working with. I see it in PTA, like when you are president of the PTA, just so many things that, that just ooze out of you that is all about helping your fellow human being who's in the same or similar situation or something that you know about. So I just think that 
I just thought that that was really interesting. I didn't like the way that they called it the salesperson gate, that gate 26. But once I changed my perspective, I was like, oh, no, no, that is that is exactly what it is. Yeah, because it's not necessarily products. It, it can even just be concepts and ideas that you're trying to get buy into, which is, you know, it, it's like we think of sales as a car dealership or, you know, we think, I mean, that's really kind of like the, the internal connotations that we give those things. But in all honesty, it's like energetics is still, you know, it's selling energy. It's, it's, it's bringing something and saying, here's the value I see for you to have this thing. And, you know, but, and really, but again, with being a projector, it's like, if I'm not invited to tell you about that thing, then it's, it's not going, you know, you have to already have an interest or I really have to speak to what your problem is in order to be able to say this, I have the solution for you. Would you be interested in hearing about it? Um, which is kind of part of a training I did yesterday that I was really, it's like a lot with alignment and energetics around your type for selling is like, it has to be something that somebody is it, you have to present it in a way that it almost has to be their idea. That's one of the most frustrating things about being a projector is you have to make it seem like their idea and then offer to tell them about it so that you can be invited. Um, one piece of this that I think is super, super interesting that I read in all, so I did kind of look at one online resource, but it's like this particular channel is not designed for an eight hour day. Did you read that in any, yeah. <laughs> So that really felt like, um, I don't know, uh, validating. And I knew that because of being a projector that I needed more rest. But I've always known that working eight hours a day is almost a waste of an employer's money because I'm really only giving them so much work before I'm trying to find other ways uh, or other, not like avoiding work, but like, especially in my old job, as I would get my work done and then I'd work on beach body stuff or back when I was doing perfectly posh, I was working on that stuff. And then when the job started getting so demanding that I couldn't give it just a little portion of the day and it demanded more of my time is when I got super resentful and frustrated and ready to, to piece the, the, the fuck out. <laughs> um, Oh yeah, go for it. Well, I was just, when I was reading, cause this is a Jovian archive um, article that I'm reading out of. So I'm sure it's some of the same stuff that's in the book, but it was talking about how the, the tribe itself is really complex and it has the, the two sides. Did you read anything about this? No, lay it on me. I'm interested. So it talks about um, the, like when that, this is difficult for you because the tribe itself is so complex. It's got mm -hmm. two different sides. And today they talk about it kind of being more like the left and the right sides, okay. you know, um, and why that would make it way more difficult now for you to influence an entire tribe versus historically. Um, because as we've grown as a human population, we've also got more complex on those very, very split sides of, of being on the tribe. And this went in and talked about some other channels too, but I just thought, you know, while we're talking about the tribe itself, it's not an easy 
proposition for you to be able to influence everyone, yet you do it easily in most cases. But I feel like part of that is the environments that you're putting yourself in. Mm -hmm. I think that's very true. And I think that like thinking about that as kind of a, if we think of it almost in that two-part system, like left and right, Mm -hmm. it's almost to me like logic and emotion. So I'm in front of a, yeah, when I'm in front of a, that was why it was so frustrating at my previous job because I'm like a, I'm, I'm a one, three profile, which is all about experimentation you know, doing different things, throwing spaghetti at the wall to see if it sticks. And there are people that are unwilling to operate like that or just unable, maybe not unwilling, but unable. And so when I'm trying to convince someone to try something that may or may not work and they want a sure thing because their logic demands that it be provable and quantifiable and be able to show specific benefits, um, and I feel like I was constantly always trying to prove. And, and for me, as, as a defined ego, fuck that. Like, I don't need to prove anything. Mm-hmm. And to put in the position of having to prove that what I said had value constantly was, was really detrimental to me mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, because I can tell you right now, I can tell you where my ideas were successful multiple times, but I still then even being able to show proof, A, I switched this over to rather than printing shitloads of these invoices that at the end of every day to paper, which is what they were doing. I said, why don't we switch to a PDF printer and then it'll print it to a file and you don't need to waste all this paper and throw it away and recycle them because they were already doing a shitload of recycling. So literally I saved them hundreds of reams of paper a year by switch by t- just a simple suggestion of switching to a PDF printer to print some of these files every night because they had to f- fulfill the function of printing them. Mm-hmm. But you would think that I'd never suggested that because every time after that, I would make another suggestion. I had to be able to prove how much it would save or how much it would make and all of this bullshit. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't, I shouldn't yeah, it- have- it's not who you are. Like that's not who you are is proving and reading about this really did solidify that. I feel like, because you really, that's not your, you will make the suggestion and you always have proof that your shit works because you have historical. I mean, it doesn't matter. This is what I hear in, you know, as people are like, well, that won't work for this situation. No, it's how your brain and your body and your human design, everything functions for you is like, this is the outcome. Like, I already see it. I can see it. Nobody else can. <laughs> and if people have already made up their mind that it won't work, then, I, then really, how am I going to, I'm not going to be able to prove to them that it will. It's really just about being like, well, I can prove that it works for me and that's it. So, I mean, if you need further proof than what I can show validly worked for me. And when you say that, it's like, when you talked about environment, well, first of all, you said something about being able to show this, I read in the book, using historical memory to sell something is like you and I, because of those um, Ajna to, to head center channels, it is looking at the history. And we talked about this in our previous episode about So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that um, about how 
some people just don't have that backwards awareness. They don't have that ability to look at the past, look at history and actually pull it into present day. And you and I are kind of on the, on the, we the the very rare end of that spectrum where we can and that informs a lot of our forward thinking is saying well this is we've already seen what happens historically when we do this um and so i think that that's a big piece of it but then the environments piece is like i should have known when i accepted that job that environmentally i was going to be out of my element because one of the very first things that they told me was that I would be working for a company that sold products that were from a creationist standpoint. And, you know, I did learn everything is kind of just a theory. Evolution's a theory. Creationism is a, a wackadoodle theory. Um, but, um, you know, I should have known environmentally that I was going into a place that wasn't going to align with me and therefore you know, and sometimes again, experimentation, you have to sometimes get yourself into those places and be like, oh yeah, you know, I can be somewhat successful here, but I'll never reach my true potential because people in this environment are not willing to, you know, see me for, you know, again, not proving myself constantly over and over again. Um, plus my toucan Sam my nose, this is a big element of the, the 2644 is our sense of smell is very heightened, whether it's like real olfactory smell or being able to smell bullshit, smell a lie, smell the truth. Um, I've always kind of had that ability, especially with my kids, which it's not difficult with children because they're terrible liars to begin with. If you've got a kid that's a good liar, you probably should be seeing um, a specialist about that because <laughs> kids should be terrible liars to begin with. Yes, um, they should. But um, I've always paid attention to my sense of smell. And at my old job, there was something that literally was off in the smell there. And it's amazing how we can get convince ourselves logically that that's not something, you know, you're never going to find a place that smells exactly the way you want it to. So, you know, just cool your jets. But now I'm like, Oh, I don't know. That's not necessarily true. If something smells off, especially to someone with this channel, then it's, it, you need to pay attention. It's important it's to pay probably attention. probably off. <laughs> There's yep. something probably off about that environment. And I said it before. That's why I was so attracted to you and Natasha when I first met you at EBMS is because you both smelled so good to me because of your oils and stuff. Yeah, I put some on this morning. I'm like, even though I'm not showering, I'm just going to put some on because it makes me happy anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do that. Well, I do that all the time. It's like, if I'm not showering, I definitely should put something on that makes me smell good. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to shower. I just wasn't showering before we recording. So I'm like, I'm going to going to make well, myself look yeah it's like oh it's like putting on essential oil like i'll do that right as i'm getting on a zoom call or something is i'll put on some essential oils and kind of get myself um yeah especially because i have such a keen sense of smell i really do find myself aligning through putting something on that makes me feel good in my in my body yes um 
another piece that I read about this was, well, obviously an entrepreneur, but with a team, I, I really think that that's what's hard about trying to do singular entrepreneurship with this channel. It's not impossible, but it's like the, t- the team does have to become a tribe or your tribe does, you have to think of them as a team. So um, how you're serving them. Another piece I really liked was massaging egos of others wanting what you're selling is what I feel. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I get into that. Well, fuck that. I'm not going to massage anyone's ego. Either you want it or you don't want it. But even then it's like, oh, it's not, that's not really a very successful business strategy either. <laughs> yeah. You could be pulling that energy straight off me, honey. <laughs> Maybe a little bit sometimes. <laughs> um, because I see you, I see you with your team, your ladies that get into the gym, you know, every day. And ultimately, without even thinking about it, without ever necessarily trying to do it, you do. You personally massage everyone's ego um, on a level that is not ingenuine in any way. You know, it's it's naturally done it's genuine and it's appreciated. Well, I, I like to think that I do think that it, I like to make other people feel good. That is probably part of this tribal piece is not specifically to sell anything. Sometimes I'm just trying to sell people on the idea that they're far more powerful than they give themselves credit to be. Yes. (laughs) That that's not a hard sell for me. It's, it's much, it's a much harder um, for some people, but it's not a hard sell for me. Yeah. Um, And then I just wrote a couple notes about the two gates here because like the, um, the gate 44, the gate of alertness, and this is in the spleen, is instinctually alert in every moment for the correct relationship or interaction that moves the needle from potential to possibility was kind of the phrase that really jumped out at me. Um, it is. I'm almost like sometimes bursting at the seams before someone can even finish a sentence to be like, oh, oh, I have something I think that might move that needle for you. And so... Um, it can be hard though. I mean, again, with the projected channel stuff is like saying, well, I've got, I think you could do it. Do you want to hear my thoughts on that? Do you want to hear what I would, what I would suggest? Um, and then of course the 26 is the ego. It's not, it's in the heart center, natural salesperson who is expected to exaggerate innate ability to manipulate memory and ego energy it means that I'm designed to withstand rejection. Do I like rejection? No. Can I withstand it? Yes. Um, and this is the piece about the tribe. Maintaining the integrity of persuasive powers is important. And keeping the promises you make actually strengthen the ego and the physical heart's health. So integrity of persuasive powers is really a lot of what we've been talking about, which is doing so for the greater good of the tribe, not for personal gain, um, but also keeping my promises to myself is what strengthens my ego. And that's why it's like important not to make a promise that I won't keep. Mm-hmm. It's really important for me not to commit to something that I may not want to do. And um, I keep finding that being more and more the case as I, as I go through my experiment. Yeah. And I think that it's important to look at your history. Like when you said that you're able to withstand the criticism, 
or, you know, and, and continue to move on. I feel like that's where you and I differ greatly and have historically because you as a child did all sorts of things, drama and like those types of things that are very hard to, to take feedback on sometimes and be able to continue to grow and do it. Like I couldn't, like if somebody told me I was bad at something, I'm like, peace. I'll it. try something I'm not else. doing it anymore. Thank you. <laughs> Especially if it was something that like really hurt my ego in a real, like, like if I was crushed, I've, I've been crushed. And then there's certain things that that's not the case with, but I just think that your resilience is something that really does stand out in this as well, because you can, you can withstand that and continue to grow and move and become better. Even if somebody gives you criticism that hurts your ego, you seem to use that more as fire under what you're doing than something to make you go backwards. You know what I mean? Like push yeah. you forward rather than backwards. I just, I just think that that's something that historically you've proven since you were young. Yeah. I think that that, yeah, I put myself because of my ego, probably put myself into positions of being in, in situations where I am willing and able to take critical feedback or, or critiques um, and be able to, really use that. I mean, that's the thing about speech and drama is that you have to take that and it's never given in the spirit. And that's why I'm judging this weekend. It's never in the spirit of making someone feel bad. And I, that's what I bring to the table as a judge. It's like, I want you to get better. I want you to, to, because if you improve, like you, there's nothing you can't do. If you can take this feedback, figure out what you can use it to take action on. Um, and, you know, doesn't, does it mean that the anxiety of receiving feedback is lessened? No, Mary knows that I hate the waiting period because I want everything to be kind of perfect to begin with. So then waiting for someone to tell me how it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not my best self when I'm waiting for that feedback. Let's just put it that way. Um, and then kind of relating this back a little bit to sobriety, because I was thinking about this is like, I really was unwilling and unable to receive critical feedback about my drinking when I was drinking, um, which now if somebody were to give me feedback about how I was when I was drinking, because I've removed that, you know, there's, there's a, there is a difference in my ability to take that and say, that's valid in the midst of it. Everything was invalid. Fuck you. Fuck your opinions. You know, that you're just trying to rain on my parade. But the thing that I was really kind of honing in on is that keeping the promise because I really do feel like I was unable to make promises nor unable to keep them once I'd made them because of drinking. So it might be like, I tell my kids we would do something on a Friday night, but as soon as somebody invited me out for beers, then what I was going to do with them would get pushed back. Or I wouldn't even make those promises to my kids because I knew what would take precedence on weekends wasn't, taking them to parks or going to do this or anything because of that. So that just kind of struck me here that that was, you know, making a correlation in my brain to that was, was what was happening as you were kind of talking is that there is something about for me, removing that piece that made keeping my promises that much more possible and being open to feedback that much more, I was that much more capable of it. 
of, of taking it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a great observation. That's a lot of self self-reflection. I know, right? (laughs) Well, I think that's what's the important part is like, you can't really know it until you're through it. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to make any of those observations at the time because I was in the Mary, even even a year into it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It, It it's taken, it's taken some time. And I feel like that's something that we as humans really don't give ourselves is time and grace to go through something and finish complete. I don't know. I feel like we all want instant gratification. We all want instantly to know that it's working or done (laughs) and done perfect. And unfortunately that's not life. And also to, to know that it, that hardship is worth it. And, and really that's the hard part too, is that sometimes something won't be worth it until years after it's happened. Sometimes we, we won't get that knowledge. Like, you know, especially things, you know, you and I, as moms, it's like teaching our kids about disappointment now isn't something that we're going to reap any benefits from specifically until one day when they're like, you know, I, yeah, there, there will be a very delayed gratification and maybe no, maybe they may may never actually admit to it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, that someday, whatever tool you gave them, whether it's because you disappointed them or because you supported them through disappointment and let them sit with those feelings that, um, one day they're, they're going to come across that bridge again and be like, well, I got through it before I'm going to be able to get through it again. It's not ideal, but it is unfortunately, I mean, part of life. Every, all of these little things are going to be part of life. So, well, I feel good. I feel like we did a good job today. I don't really have any other observations. How about you? No, I think we hit all the pieces that I really had, had resonated with me when I was doing this research about you. I will also say this is the channel. This is the one channel that um, my Sam Zagar that I follow so much on Instagram and love. She's a projector. This is the only channel that she has defined in. So her only two defined centers are her spleen and her ego. So in the hierarchy, she is, um, is she an ego? I can't remember if that's her authority or if it's splenic, I, I may think it might be splenic, but um, so this is one that I share with her. And I, I really do look to her as being a great role model for what sales from an aligned standpoint really look like um, because of the fact that she is building a human design based business with just this one channel and how willing she is to kind of experiment and see what works and see what doesn't and everything. So um, it's so funny because she only has those two centers defined and I'm like all but three of my centers are like like a Christmas tree. Um, But I really, that's one, I love knowing that we kind of have this one in common because it really does you know, kind of give me a good touchstone. It's kind of nice. Like, that's why I think this, this will be a great series is that the more that we talk about these channels, the more people can maybe find something, even if we don't share all of these channels that someone will be able to say like, Oh, I well, I do have this channel that's similar with Mary or with Mary Rose and be able to 
you know, hopefully learn something or share something or just be able to say like, oh, I don't feel quite as crazy or that makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. to me as um, someone else explained their experience with it. So that's exactly how I feel. The more research I do. <laughs> me too. Me too. All right. Well, next week um, I do, I did say what our next one was going to be. And it looks like it was going to be the channel of openness, which is the 1222. So last week when I said <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have that prepared. So um, we'll talk about that next week, which will be exciting. I'm really looking forward to learning more about that one because we've talked about it, but it's mm-hmm. been so long ago. And I really like to have these things like on the record because then you're always reminding me to go back and listen to something when yeah. I need to remember something I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to see more of us, you can find us on Instagram at guidedbydesign.podcast. We're pretty quiet there, but occasionally I get a wild hair to put something up. Um, you can also email us at marysmentors at gmail.com. And we do have a Facebook, which is also, I well, we have a Mary's Mentors and we have a Guided by Design. So we're all over the place. Yes, we sure are. All right. Thank you, Mary. All right. Thank you. Have a good rest of your trip. Okay.